0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Let's rendezvous. We are your hosts, Emily, Allison, Millie, Julie. Welcome back, Julie. We missed you from last week. um, To be (laughs) bad. So we just wanted to give a huge thank you to all of our listeners and those who have listened from the first episode and the second one. We really appreciate it, and we're very glad to hear your feedback. So before we get started. We would just like to go around the table and introduce what we're drinking for today so i am drinking just water for today it's a little late in the night i'm trying to stay as healthy as i can for right now i don't drink too often again i we do have wine nights but just water for today um
1: i am drinking because i think i need some alcohol (laughs) for this topic To help loosen me up a bit, but I am drinking a Josh 2017 Pinot Noir. This is my favorite wine, and I definitely needed it for today.
2: I'm also drinking. I am drinking a glass of Gentleman Jack on the Rocks. Don't come at me. (laughs) I know, it's not the best whiskey out there, but it's whiskey, and that's all that matters.
3: I am on the same boat with Emily, and I'm just having a nice cold glass of water tonight. All right, so moving
0: forward. Hey, Allison, so we got a question from one of our listeners, and if you can just clarify this for everyone. So the question was, if you can go into a little bit of detail, there was some confusion as to you living in Korea, but going to an American school?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, so I did grow up in Korea, but my father, he's American. He also served in the U.S. Army. So I had the privilege of going to a military slash international school in Korea. So that's where I ended up learning all of my English. So elementary, middle school, and high, I went to an international school. So if you guys were wondering where I picked up my English or not having an accent, I guess you guys can say. But
3: yeah, that's
0: where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. So uh, if any of you guys are listening and have any questions throughout, please feel free to DM us and we'll definitely explain or elaborate on the next episode. Another question that we had, you know, is to kind of elaborate a little bit more on what our podcast consisted of, what our podcast was about. So for those of you who have listened, we've talked about very general topics and I f- feel that we're going to continue doing that. The topics will be just about life, life experiences, what our experiences contributed, um, and having an open discussions, just like we would normally uh, do when we had wine nights together. And we'll also try to talk about current events and definitely make sure that we definitely include some of our, in- our education and whatever that we're talking about. And lastly, just want to give a quick shout out to Kobe for guessing this week's topic. And if you did not guess it yourself, it is the importance of a hope, period. All
2: right,
0: guys, let's get into it. Before we introduce this topic, for any of our young listeners or parents, if you just happen to be listening with a younger child, just want to let you know that this episode will include some sensitive topics such as sex and strong language. Strong language is going to be consistent throughout our episodes, but definitely we will be discussing more sexual content on this episode.
2: Bye, mom. Bye, dad.
3: (laughs)
0: Yes, all
2: family. All right. I'm sorry. I apologize now. Please, <laughs> go away. Just go. You're doing yourself a favor.
0: <laughs> yeah, ni we We're getting into it. Ni alright you All right, y'all. We wanted to start off by defining what it means to be a ho. So for those of you very familiar with it, I think we have this general idea that a hoe is a derogatory term. And it is used as a derogatory term mostly for women in terms of casual dating, in terms of having sex, um, just whatever we choose. However, what we wanted to do is, in this podcast specifically, was instead we want to make it our own term and manage it. And we are saying, you know, we had this period where we called it a hope period, but we're claiming it because we don't want anybody else to define it for us. And as women, I think that's very important that we don't let other people define those experiences for us. Also, we want to explain what a body count is because there is a lot of stigma around what it means to have a body count or for women just in general, having a body count. It's used in a very negative light that you should only be having sex with the person you intend to marry. Or if it's even slightly um, a little bit more realistic, the person that you're in a a long-term relationship with, versus just casual dating or casually having sex. Um, however, we just want to explain that we shouldn't be ashamed for this so-called body count um, because it's the choices that we're, we're making, what makes us happy at the end of the day. So a few things that we want to share with you all are during this whole period, we want to share with you all when it happened, where it happened, um, what led to, to that whole period, what transpired, and basically kind of where we're at right now. Emily, do you want to share with our listeners your story? Sure.
1: So as we've mentioned, I think, in the last two podcasts that we've had, uh, summer of 2017 was kind of very iconic. So I guess that's when my whole period started. So um, what actually led me into my whole period was that I was getting out of a very long-term relationship. So I was in a committed five-and-a-half-year relationship. And homeboy was in a, about what, like four-year committed relationship, so you know, awkward. So basically, coming out of that, um, the betrayal was very much shocking to my whole life existence and just how I had planned everything to happen in my head. So um, coming out of that, I definitely had very self, uh, or sorry, low self-esteem. I was questioning my value, my worth, like just everything. I was in such a low point. And I started looking for flaws in myself, because I thought it was something I did, or maybe there was something I could have done, done better. But clearly, like, that wasn't the case. Like, I did nothing wrong. It was the person. So basically, what ended up happening was, well, I should also say that I always was curious about the whole life, because again, I had gone into this relationship when I was in high school and had been in that relationship up to college. So that was my only relationship up to then. And I had never really experienced like dating, being out there and, you know, being a hoe. So I always like wanted to kind of experience it or just wondered why, or if if I was missing out on anything, I should say. So, you know, after all these lows and just being sad, the whole life uh, knocked on my door. And I happily answered and it (laughs) summoned me. The whole period for me actually launched when I was at a party. I was with my friends and they were, you know, trying to um, bring up my spirits. We were all out there having fun. And then while I was at this party, at one point, I just realized, like, I had options. I had different guys trying to talk to me. And uh, it was amazing in the sense because I, again, I was questioning my value, my worth, even my looks. And it was uh, like, it was a very reassuring moment. And I mean, it might sound vain, but you know, that's what gets destroyed after betrayal is your self-esteem. So when I'm, you know, sitting there flirting, doing my thing, and I realized que, you know, todo el mundo quiere conmigo, that like (laughs) literally, well, I'm gonna say like, that literally became my motto for the rest of my whole period. But it was also where I was like, you know, like, There are options. People do want me. People do find me attractive. And hey, you're attractive, so why not? And after having this freedom and I'm getting to choose what I want to do, what I want to happen, that was where, you know, the whole life started and continued for quite some time. So that experience basically like lit my fire to continue to engage in ho activities, which for me was like casually dating, hooking up with people. And like realigning with myself that that's okay. Like you going and choosing to hook up with people, like if it's your choice and you're putting yourself in that situation, it's okay. Who cares? People are going to judge. They're doing the same thing. So what's the problem? So it was that whole sense of me just getting to do whatever I wanted to do, making that choice. And yeah, like just having control over what was going on because for so long, it was, you know, following the rules of being in a relationship and making sure that I not only respected my partner, but that I wasn't leading anyone on or flirting or doing anything wrong. And now I was out here, a free agent, getting to do whatever I wanted and going on dates and stuff. It was fun, like flirting, figuring out who you are, how like how you flirt, how you want attention, engaging with different people, meeting different people like it was fun definitely had a great time and I got to do stuff that I like had not done and had never done before. Nothing kinky. <laughs> not <like that. laughs> but, like, in the sense of getting to date and having that choice to be like, you know what? You're cute. I want to hook up with you. Why not?
2: Why not? Why not the kinky things? Yeah. Why not that too? Exactly.
1: Because, I, well, myself. Were you scared? Um, yes. And then, cause you know, like, <laughs> I just – I had never done it before, so I didn't feel myself comfortable to, like, experiment in that aspect with other people. So that was just me. No shame in the game, you know, but me, myself, also, (laughs) just trying to put myself back together as a person. There was, like – that took up all the space and not enough space to, like, experiment and do other stuff.
0: How about Um, – question, Millie. See. Did you at any point feel – some sort of guilt, you know, coming from such a Latino household and are, ex- are what our parents and our family expect of us as Latina women, as this idea that we should be respecting ourselves in some sort of way. Did that come in play? Did that ever guilt trip you at all? Um, definitely in the beginning. And I think
1: that was what my mom was worried about the most because she knew, you know, that I was hurt, that I was in pain. And she, I started going out a lot. So obviously from the beginning, like I didn't want to deal with my feelings. I didn't want to, you know, hit the problem head first and go through that pain and heal from it. I just wanted to forget. And how do you do that? You go out, you have fun, you go out with friends, you dance, you drink, you do what you got to do. So obviously that's what I started doing a lot. And my mom was scared that I was out here, you know, just giving it to whoever and I mean, which I I did. I did give it to whoever (laughs) I, but the choices that I wanted, not like, you know, they were forcing me or anything. Like it's what I wanted to do. But I was also, you know, selective, like making sure that I liked the person, that they were cute, that it was a good time and that we had a vibe and we're connecting. So that's where that went. But I think um, after a while, my mom and I did have a discussion about it because um, she, my mom is a single mom, so she was always very open and just wanted to make sure that I was okay so once we talked and I just let her know, like, I'm being safe. I am, you know, like, protection is being placed. like
2: she knew about your whole period.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, okay. I, I did not hide it from her, like, at all. So, yeah, she just kind of, like, wanted to make sure that I was being safe, that whoever I was hooking up with was also, you know, being safe. And, yeah, I think that was, like, their biggest. kind of lived from, like, the rest of my family. I was like,
3: don't ask <laughs> me.
1: Don't ask me. We're okay. Like, <laughs> But again, it just comes from the stigma of like, um, well, the experience of being a Latina is that you have to be pure and you have to be a virgin until you get married because of religion and all these other things that it just all it comes from being a woman, you know? And um, it was also like unlocking that and taking that off because after being in such a long relationship and then thinking like, oh my God, I'm gonna have another body. That's a, another body count, you know? Like it was so, it was scary at first. And I did like, I did question it and it was definitely something that made me question what i was doing but once like i was just out there having fun like it definitely took that stigma away and i was just kind of like this is just them trying to control us and you know and by them society men etc <laughs> whoever else you want to you know <laughs> put in that but it definitely was like no like this is my body if i am being safe and if i am taking care of myself like i am going to choose what i want to do if every other guy out there can go out and sleep with multiple women, why is it shameful for women? That can be a whole separate right. discussion because we can go on and rant and whatever. But, um, getting back to the story, um, like I was saying, I was getting to do stuff that I like to do. And I even got to like hook up with one of like my middle school crushes that I could never date cause I was young. So that was really fun. It was a quick little fling that we had and, it was great. So, yeah. But coming from that, like, I think my whole period was definitely about me feeling empowered and having this confidence that I never really had before. Or it was just always a front that I would put up that I was this, you know, confident person that could just do whatever I wanted. When in reality, like, I had been insecure. And then after going through a betrayal, it had just made me so much more insecure. And I had to rebuild that. So it was great, like, not feeling like I was on top of the world, like, doing what I wanted, what I was choosing. And this is a period when I also started investing more in myself. So I had started bodybuilding during this period, and um, not only was I getting stronger physically, but I was also getting stronger emotionally and mentally. So I was, like... You know, working through that pain, through working out, and I got so addicted to it. And I just loved going in and, like, working through it, working through my pain, through my problems in such a healthy aspect, and then being able to physically see the results was amazing. So, again, also, while, you know, you're physically getting fit and you're looking good, that just also boosted my confidence more. And I was just, you know, I was out here having a great time. But I can definitely say that I left the whole period after an incident that I had. So I'm not saying that it was all ups because it was definitely a lot of ups and downs. Like as you're trying to heal and empower yourself and gain this confidence, there's definitely some, you know, points where you question what's going on and the process. And I did sometimes do stuff that I didn't want to do. So this happened with like my last hookup where The guy liked me. We were all with friends, and I just kind of flirted with him because he was giving me attention. And we were, like, kissing and all this stuff, and it it, like we eventually, like, headed up to a room or whatever. But I wasn't really into him. I didn't like him. I didn't really feel attracted to him. And at that point, I just felt that because I had flirted with him and had kissed him that now I owed him something, which is really sad now to, like – express and admit because i I wasn't doing what i wanted to do then and homeboy lost it like it took me longer to get undressed than it did for him to fucking finish and then he still had the audacity to be like did you finish and i was like finish what (laughs) like yes i just took off my shoes like what like i was you know it was ridiculous and like i never blamed him because this like i knew throughout the whole time like during the two minutes (laughs) like I didn't really want to be there and like and I had that moment of like what am I doing like why am I here like what and it sucked you know and it was a really gross feeling and I remember like coming with you guys and like talking like I don't like this like this isn't like I'm I'm done like I've, I've had my time I it was cool but I'm out and I mean yeah I think after that, it was, I started looking more for a relationship because that's what I wanted. I generally wanted after that, a relationship and that's what I was looking for. And eventually I did. I found my relationship. I'm very happy right now with my boyfriend. Shout out to him. Love you very much. It's been great, very healthy relationship. And I'm happy now that I am out of that period, but very grateful and thankful for all the lessons that I learned. So like, I not only remembered who the fuck I was, and I definitely learned that I was looking for something more meaningful over casual dating just because casual dating you have to put in a lot of effort a lot of time and it wasn't like something that was for me I liked having that connection with someone and being able to share your life with someone so yeah that
0: that was me (laughs) I think that's an awesome experience Millie just going over you know how you got there going over what transpired and just some insight um and I feel like a lot of us can relate to you and I hope that our listeners are, are able to relate to you in some aspects. Julie, um, I know you wanted to share something with our audience. Do you want to go over your experiences during your whole period?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, so actually I went through two whole periods. Yes, Julie. Uh, <laughs> Get it. They were, like, e- they were like a year apart. It was... I was in a relationship and then we broke up and then I went through a whole period and then we got back together and then we broke up again and I went through another whole period and it was interesting for the first one, when I was getting out of the relationship, I was dating a girl at the time and, um, I had only been with her at the time. And even then, like we didn't do anything too physical So when we got out of the relationship, the first thing I wanted to do was be with a guy, have sex with a guy. I've never had that before. I was still a virgin. And um, there was this guy that I knew and I was very friendly with and he was very flirty and I never knew what his intentions were. And then now that I was single and um, Millie was helping with this, I wanted to just like straight up tell him that like, hey, let's just do this. And... I did. I managed to <laughs> convince him that like oh not convince because he already wanted to, but to I don't even know how to phrase it. The plan. I, <laughs> I planned to hook up with him and then we we did. It was it was whatever. But he was a really cool guy and really cool friends. I uh continued to hook up with him after uh that first time and Then I got back to my girlfriend and I let him know, hey, like I'm not, don't talk to me no more. I went back to dating my girl and then we broke up again. And, and I'm a little ashamed of this part, but within the week that I had broken up with her, I hit him up again and I was like, hey, I guess who's single again? And we started hooking up again right after And the thing was with him, it wasn't that I was like attracted or with any guy that I sleep with or any person. It isn't that I'm attracted to them. It's um, purely out of like curiosity. Yeah, so it was like purely out of curiosity because he was a guy that I knew and I was comfortable with him. And so we were just sort of experimenting. And I also experimented with some other guys, but this was just sort of my physical hope period. And I had a whole separate whole period within these two whole periods that was more of like an emotional home. What does um, that mean? An emotional home? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I'm asexual. So like, I'm not really interested in the physicality of sex, which I was saying was more like experimental and because I was curious. And that's pretty much why I slept around. But what I really like get pleasure out of and what I do enjoy is making like emotional bonds with people. And that's what I would do during my emotional whole period. I would go on a bunch of dates, like two or three dates a week with uh, people I met on Tinder. Usually it was uh, girls and I would form like really tight emotional bonds with them that never really went anywhere like we would have our first dates and sparks would be flying. We'll, we would talk as if like we knew each other for like years and we would like spill our tickets to each other. And then after that night, I never spoke to them again. They never spoke to me. And it was, that was my emotional hoeing around. Um, but and I'm just kind of realizing now that all that emotional homing was because of like some pal- like trust issues as a result of that on again and off again relationship with my partner at the time. And yeah, so when I got out of it, well, for the physical whole part, I, it ended like as soon as I was not curious anymore. I mean, I'm asexual, so I wasn't really interested in the, in the, the physicality and the sex part to begin with. But for the emotional whole part, it ended because I felt like I was wasting too much time and money going on these like semi-meaningful dates that were going nowhere. And after a point, I also realized that I was feeling better and sort of learning to trust again, trust other people and was opening up to the idea of dating again. And so that's what I did. I I was still using apps because that's just how I meet people. And I met someone on there and we hit it off. And I was like, you know what? Like, I actually want to talk to this person. We went on our dates. And after the first day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep it going. I'm not just going to like ghost them or cut them off. And that's how I met my last partner. And she was by far the best person I've ever dated, very passionate and loving. And I feel like she really helped me because even when we started dating, I was still kind of getting over that other partner and I would openly talk to her about it and how I may feel. And I would talk to her about how I dealt with it during my whole period. And she was really like open and nurturing. Oh, she was delightful. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but we did break up and it was okay in terms of the breakup we didn't end on bad terms we're still friends and I feel like for that fact like the fact that we broke up on good terms it was a little rocky but in the end we came out on good terms and I know that her loving care for me was like very true and meaningful And now that I'm single, I don't really feel the need to date around the way I did before. Um, Nothing against that, though, because, I mean, if it wasn't for that period where I was sort of out there in a way testing my trust, I wouldn't be able to regain it. But, yeah, now I'm I am over the whole period. I am single, though, and I'm just, you know, living life. Just focusing on myself right now, focusing on work. Don't, don't even feel the need to go out and date. Though I have a date on Saturday, <laughs> so maybe I do. <laughs> the need to date. <laughs> um I mean, I mean cool you're dating but not person. dating excessively, you know? exactly like i i don't i haven't been like chatting up other people i mean we are in quarantine so even if i wanted to i can't really do so um but i haven't been chatting up a lot of people on the dating apps that i use i've been very selective about if the person if it feels genuine if i feel like i can actually connect to them i try to take us like try to build a relationship as far as i can or as much as i can and if i feel like we hit a dead end i'm just sort of like well Thanks for your time, like this, all this kind of stuff, but I rarely even let people get to that point. And I mean, this person seems pretty cool, so. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see where it goes. I think
0: that's pretty awesome. Julie, just hearing all your story, getting finding yourself through through those choices. I think it's pretty cool. I do have a question for you, though. Was it hard for some people to understand your asexuality, especially being in those apps and apps like Tinder, for example, where people sometimes go out looking for easy hookups?
3: oh so much so, <laughs> when I was going through like my physical hall, like when I wanted to actually sleep so- with somebody I would remove that from my bio and actually my bio was uh, very direct <laughs> when I wanted to <laughs> no games all right I was what did I um but I was okay when I was uh, single and I was trying to hook up with people my bio just straight up read if we match come over Oh, my and- <laughs> God, Julie. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I had people matching. Oh, my God. There was this uh, there was this one guy. I don't think I've ever told you guys about him. But we matched. 8 a.m. He was like, I'm coming over. I said, okay. <laughs> I sent him my address. He came by. He was super sweaty. I regretted every moment of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You did tell oh, me about that you. guy. Yeah, Gross, but um, no, yeah, it's really hard when I am looking to seriously date to put the asexual part because it is very uh, it's a big deterrent. And oh yes, um, for my last partner, the partner that really helped me get over the things that I was going through, I didn't tell her that I was asexual, and we matched and we talked, and it wasn't until we started dating that I found out that she was actually asexual too. So it was a great thing, and I was actually very worried about coming out to her about it because people don't take it well because, uh, I mean, when typically when people meet, like you said, on um, these apps, like it's for hookups, and to date me is, like, telling, letting them know that I'm asexual is, like, telling them, you're never going to get it, homie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I tend to leave it off when I'm when I want to attract people. But then there's like these periods where I like feel like this urge, like this pride. I'm just like, you know what? Let the world know. And I change my bio and I'm just like, ace. And a week later, I take it off. <laughs> I think that's so
0: I like awesome. You no know, what? Just do whatever makes you happy at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have. You just have yourself and you got to live with yourself
1: plus like going like i think generally like the whole being a hoe and going on all these dates it's so draining like you have to take a it's a lot of effort a lot of energy and a lot of like branding yourself you have to like try to you know be like hey I love long walks on the beach and sunsets and like, you know, trying to say these things that will get people interested in you. And like, you have to learn how to like market yourself and like all yeah. these things. So it's definitely like take care of your feelings, yourself, make sure that you're okay. And, you know, you have that energy to put out there because sometimes you don't, you're trying to like convince yourself that you need to. Yeah, it's absolutely. very important.
0: That's pretty awesome. Allison, uh, you know, we heard Julie, we heard Millie. What about you? Did you have a whole period?
2: I did. So, shit. <laughs> 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 so, mine also started at the same time as Millie's, it's summer of 2017, such an iconic year for the both of us. You no, know, it was si. the best of times, it was the worst of times. See, si. <laughs> uh, that's how we bonded because we both started, you know, this chapter together. But uh this, <laughs> we I, were we were wild.
0: I mean, if y'all wanted some tea from the first episode, this is the tea. Yes, we <laughs> were 2017.
2: Thing one, thing two. We never <laughs> separated, everything happened together. Yeah. But I wasn't a similar boat as Millie. So I also got out of a, a long term relationship and the longest relationship I ever had was two and a half years, and that was the relationship that ended. So the year of 2017, it was a year later after the whole breakup, but I was still taking it pretty hard. And I was so afraid of starting a new relationship because I always had this hope that we would end up together. And now that I think back at the relationship, I didn't realize how toxic we were for each other because I always tried to find love through him. And I don't know, it it was a problem I was um, struggling with. So... 2017 when I was hurt I was still hurt when I met Millie that's when I kind of realized like hey like I should actually you know go out there I think it's about time so you know yes (laughs) shut up I made some bad choices but fuck (laughs) um so yeah initially diving into it I didn't really plan it out I'm sure Millie didn't plan it out too it just happened but I just wanted to be accepted I wanted to be loved. And that kind of led me to have my whole period moment.
1: Question though, like why were you searching? I know you said you weren't exactly choosing to go into the whole period, but why were you still searching for those things in your whole period?
2: Because those were the qualities that I felt lacked in my previous relationships and did me dirty. But it also roots back to the relationship that I have with my parents. I didn't have the best relationship with my parents parents. And I always thought that that was a setback for me, or at least a disadvantage where I thought I wasn't getting much attention from them in a positive sense. So I always try to find those attributes through someone else. So for me to feel loved, uh, it was never through me. I would have to find it through someone else. It's toxic. I understand that. But that was what I was looking for initially. So here I was in my whole phase. And I don't know why, I just had this sense of confidence at one point. I knew this one guy had a crush on me and he would say it to the people that I hung out with. So just one day I went up to him and I asked him if he wanted to hang out with me. God knows bold. What, yes, I believe. was fucking bold. I don't know what the fuck I had <laughs> in my system that day. Too much coffee, probably. But I just went up to him straight up and was just like, hey, you want to hang out sometime? And for him to say yes so quick made me feel more confident. And I was just like, yes, bitch, I got it. (laughs) I don't know why. I was just proud of myself because it was that moment I realized that I finally moved on from feeling for my sorry ass. It was that new step that I took. And I knew at that moment it was a phase for me that I needed because it was better than, you know, feeling sorry for myself for a whole year. So here I was going out with this guy. I was having a good ass time. And on the plus side, I guess maybe other people would say otherwise. But for him to be older than me, we're talking 10 years older than me, made me feel even more confident because I thought that if you were older, you were more mature because I wanted that sense of security in my unstable life. But let me just tell you guys, that is not always the case. That is not always the case. And I had to learn that the hard way. So yeah, this whole phase happened with me and this individual. Had a good time, but I knew it wasn't something special because even though I was having such a good time, I was having fun because of me. And that was a period I was going through. I haven't felt that in a while. And there was another moment where there was another guy that had an interest in me. And I was like, why not? I'm not in a committed relationship. So I was just like, fuck it. And, you know, I did my own thing. And when I did that, I'm not going to say it was the best moment because you know how Millie said, she had two minutes. Well, guys, I had two seconds. Oh no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
3: had so two sorry.
2: seconds.
3: You
2: know, I mean, so I sorry. feel like there's not much to there's not much to say about it, given that it was two seconds. I guess it happened. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Can you <laughs> sure? Did, you count
2: it, I <laughs> did it happen? I don't even know. I'm saying this, but I gotta always think back. I'm just like, did it happen? I think it did because the only <laughs> I feel like my feeling of regret was longer than that moment. Oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't count. It yes, doesn't count. Because in my head, I was just going back in time, feeling I was with my friends earlier today. Why couldn't I just stay out longer with them? Why am I here? I don't like it here anymore. <laughs>
1: it's like, come pick me up, mom. I don't like it here exactly. anymore. <laughs> At one
2: point, I wanted to call one of you guys and be like, can you come pick me up? I made a choice and I'm not liking it. Like, did it happen? Like, no, but it happened. Yeah. So, but you know, funny enough to say, that wasn't the reason why I stopped my whole period. You know, I wish I stopped it right there, but no, I was being stupid. You know, I went back to the other guy that I was having a fun time with. And... Honestly, my hope period ended when I had to stop and take a step back and realize it's not always cute and cuddly at times because someone else couldn't be responsible. And for me to realize that that was also a situation that could happen, and it wasn't something I had control of. I didn't think I could go further than that. And so that's where I stopped my hope period, I guess you guys can say. That's reasonable. But what I've learned was not only that it's not always cute and cuddly at times, but also I didn't find love through other people. In fact, it took me a while, but I would always have to go back to this specific moment to realize that I wasn't going to find love. I wasn't going to get accepted through other people. I need to find it in the root of myself to me. be loved. Yes, and chinita you know, appreciate who i was to the fullest so yeah that's what my hope period taught me
1: i think through these awesome. like these hope periods like for sure we're, we're giving you guys like the lessons we learned and um you know like things that we had to work on ourselves but sometimes it's not even about that it's just you know you like to go out there and hook up with people and that's okay too there is no shame in anyone's game don't let anyone tell you what to do with your body it's your body and you have to make choices you know and whether or not you're okay with those choices then or after like you know it's up to you you live and you learn but we're just letting you know like hey this is kind of what happened to us this is what we learned along the way
0: I think the the idea that at least for me when I was trying to explain it was not necessarily you know you don't have to be necessarily proud of everything that you did but I don't think you should be ashamed of having gone through that
1: and like we're saying, take ownership of it. So you define what was good and what was bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone else tell you what was good and what was bad. And then at the end of this, we're also going to say like, hey, like maybe you don't need to learn a lesson. Maybe you just want to go out there and have fun, you know? Like that's okay too. Like we're just saying this is what we learned because we can't define everyone's hope period for them, you know? And like I was saying about choices, I think Emily's uh, hope period, I should say lack thereof, was kind mm. of an attestment to
0: that. A-Lelia? It's funny <laughs> you mentioned mention, lack thereof. So I guess I'll, I'll share a little bit of um, my relationship and I'll go into detail in another episode, but I've been in a long distance relationship now for seven years. So that's why, you know, Millie says lack of hope, period, which yes, we've been in a committed relationship for a pretty long time, but I felt like even just being in that relationship and having sex was such a big deal that sometimes I felt like I was a hoe or I was a hoe in the eyes of my family. Like I mentioned earlier, when Millie was talking about her experience, I do come from a Mexican household, very traditional. Um, my parents, very traditional. My tia, very traditional. So I remember vividly this one time I was going to go visit him um, where he's from. And I was traveling and one of my tias, my aunts, she calls my mom and she lets her know like, Hey, Emily's traveling, traveling over, please just, you know, let her know that she shouldn't be giving it up that easily. She should wait till marriage. If he wants anything, he should make sure that he marries her da da da. And at that moment, it did make me feel bad because I was in, you know, in the thought process, like, why are these people? Or why are they feeling like they can control my choices, my body, what I'm doing, whatever I choose to do. And that's where it falls when you come from such a traditional household, trying to not feel guilty over the choices that you're making. So I said, you know what, no, I'm taking full control over what I'm doing. If I decide to have sex or not, that's on me that those those are my decisions. And it's something that I want to do if I enjoy it, I'm being responsible. You know, I'm, I have priorities and I shouldn't care so much. But that was technically uh, me being a hoe, according to my family.
1: That's so annoying, like, that someone else is having an opinion about what you're doing with your body. Like, what? And like, I get it, you know, we all come from like very traditional household, but still like, and I think that's the whole reason why we want to like, claim the word hoe back and make it our own because... It's like enough is enough of other people telling you what you can do with your body. Like, sure. Maybe give me some advice, you know, here and there or whatever, but like, don't tell me that I will be something because I'm doing something with my body. Like what, you know, or like teaching little girls as they're growing up that their, vol- their, sorry, their value is in their virginity. Like what,
0: you yeah, know, absolutely. Like,
1: these are uh, things we have to like unlearn and definitely teach um our kids in the future, or, you know, nieces, nephews, whatever, as they grow up.
0: I agree. And then I feel like as you're unlearning these sorts of things, you also have to be very patient. And though some Sometimes we may feel like it's not our job to educate everyone around us. I think sometimes just sharing that information and taking the time to educate the people around you helps so much in making sure that you build a future generation of people, of girls who are not going to feel ashamed for deciding that they want to have sex or that they want to do X, Y, and Z. That's, I definitely had that kind of talk with my parents, with, with my mom. She knew um, what I was doing, and I felt comfortable enough you know, to talk about it with her eventually, and she understood. But it was a learning process uh, for me and for
2: my parents. Damn. I could never say any of my <laughs> stories to my parents. There's no way. They were gonna accept well, it with I mean, open no,
1: ears. We're not saying to admit it, but we're saying
2: like, I mean, at least <laughs> just to talk about it. I've never had that talk with my parents. Never. I feel like it was so such taboo to even bring it up that no, we would even watch like movies that would have you know those sex scenes. I guess. And
1: you it hide her. So
2: all of <laughs> a sudden, saying, you have to go to the restroom. <laughs> We're talking about my parents no you know.
1: but like even us giving our host stories like i have always been very proud of my whole period and i've always like encouraged everyone around me to have a whole period <laughs> but i think like once even recording this um this uh, episode as soon as um emily was like it's your turn i low-key like freaked out just because it's like you are admitting to this something that has been so to taboo for such a long time and like i don't you know breathe a little bit <laughs> before my story but For the same reason that um, this is not something old. Like, this is something new. Us being able to talk about this, talking about our parents, as you guys can hear, like, um, Allison has yet to speak to it about her parents. And no one's saying that you should or, you know, like, that's what you need to do. But definitely, like, this is something new. Being, you know, in control of your body, making those decisions, all that good stuff.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's our experiences and that's what we we are trying to communicate to you all, to whoever is listening, that they are experiences. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that you understand that we can take ownership of that and we shouldn't have to feel ashamed for the decisions that we take.
1: The one um, shame that I do still have, and not even for myself, but for Amelia, there was a brief period <laughs> in time, guys, That Emilia could have had her whole period. Yeah.
2: And it was stripped away from us.
1: I was in Hawaii (laughs) at the time. She didn't even let, I was so excited. I was ready. Cause again, homegirl, she's been in a relationship for a very long time. So I was ready to, you know, push her into this whole period. She didn't even let me land in California. (laughs) She was already, you know, the issues had been fixed and she was, you know, taken again. I guess it had never, like, ended, but, you know, officially or whatever. But guys, I was ready. I was so excited.
2: She was. She text messaged me, too, when she was in Hawaii, being like, I'm ready. Are you? And I was like, hell yeah. And then <laughs> Lily landed. And then Amelia freaking messaged us saying, guess, guess what, guys? And we're like, ah, fuck.
0: <laughs> You're like, they're literally, guys, so hurt about this. And so we go and meet up with Millie when she comes back from Hawaii. Hey, you know we hadn't seen her and I was like so guys something happened mm. and they, they were basically like oh this bandeja what did you do and I was like well no hope period you know <laughs> but <laughs> I'm happy I don't have any regrets over that to be honest with you sorry Emily's man it's nothing against
1: you we just you know she was the only one that hadn't had a whole period yet so we just we wanted her to experience it but it's okay she's happy <laughs> we're happy everyone's happy
0: Yay. <laughs> All right y'all, so with that that concludes our podcast for today. Um and we know as we do with every podcast, I want to ask y'all a question. So the question for today is what is your favorite podcast? Oh, fun.
1: Okay. Um well, actually before we even started a podcast, I had never really like listened to a podcast. But the reason I started it was because um, one of my friends started a podcast, and that's why I got like into it and excited about it. So shout out to uh, It's Cafecito Time. They are um, a starting podcast as well, and they're super funny. Love to hear them. And same as us, I guess we kind of talk about life and just any
0: social issues that happen. So go ahead and check them out, guys. It's Cafecito Time. Allison, do you have any favorite podcasts or anything that you listen to?
2: I sound horrible saying this as we're sitting here talking about a podcast and making one, but I didn't really get the hype of, you know, a podcast until I start doing it with my friends and getting into it. So I only recently started listening to other people's podcasts. I can't say what my favorite is because I don't think I've ventured out and listened to a lot of podcasts at the moment, but... What I have been listening to recently was Best Friends. Yeah, it talks about these two girls who are best friends. And just the interaction seems so natural. And I'm sitting here talking with some of my best friends. And I can only imagine how much fun that they're having, that it always makes me want to listen to their podcast. So yeah, that'll probably be the podcast I am listening to currently.
0: Oh, let's see.
2: Julie,
3: do you have any favorite podcasts? Yes, I do. I have one. I only listen to really one podcast. And it's called Ear Hustle. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. No. Mm-hmm. What's no. it about? Ear Hustle is a podcast that takes place from within the prison, San Quentin. Oh, wow. And it's hosted by an inmate and a volunteer. And it's so cool because the original host that was originally incarcerated within it was recently freed and so they now he's like a an outsider in the field sort of like interviewee and they hired on another inmates to be part of the podcast um cool. and interesting. Talk about, it is it is it is pretty intense though because they touch on like really tough topics. but it's an interesting interesting perspective because they they, the way they go about addressing topics is something that I haven't really seen because there's, like, documentaries on, like, prisons and inmates, but it's always from the perspective of, like, outside looking in, but this is inside looking inside, and so it's, like, a whole other perspective and a whole other point of view, and you, I, they talk about things that I've never even considered from, like, within prison, which is, like, amazing. And they just have a a really good way of setting up the podcast and telling the stories, and it's really cool. My favorite part about it is that they have a lot of music that they play, like, in between, like, cuts or at the very end of the beginning, and it's all music created by all uh, other inmates in there, and it's just, like, it sounds that are just so vibrant, and I'm in love with the podcast. I had to take a break because one of their... Recent episode was a little too intense for me, and now I'm like a little scarred. But I want to go back and listen to it. Okay,
0: awesome. I think I'm going to check it out because so I tend to watch a lot of those uh, documentaries on Netflix, (laughs) so I might check it out. Oh, Um, definitely. One of my favorite podcasts is Crime Junkies. So Crime Ah. Junkies, usually, you know, these two ladies, they go over different crimes, they investigate, and they share not only the crime itself, but, you know, everything they can to gather about it and share with us as far as talking to the family, reports, etc. I think it's really, school- it's really cool, but I'm not going to lie. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, so I'll be listening to it on my way to work. And on my way to work, there's still light outside, so it's not bad. But when I get into the parking structure, Structured, guys, I get scared. I get all paranoid after listening to this, to this podcast because it's like, damn, anybody can jump out and kill me right now, and they can do it through X, Y, and Z, and no one's going to know, and I'm going to be one of those numbers. It's crazy to find out about the crimes that have taken place that I had never heard of and just the insane things that people do. It's crazy. It scared the shit out of me. But I also find it fascinating. I find the mind very fascinating. All right, y'all. To finalize our episode for today, we're going to talk about the clues for next week's episode, see which one of you will guess it. So the three words are basura, pendejos, and patriarchy. Um, Let us know. DM us. See if you guess it. We'll give you a shout out in next week's episode. And we just want to thank you for listening to our third world's technically our second episode um and hope that you guys keep listening keep sharing keep giving us any feedback if you guys have suggestions for maybe topics that you think that we should cover or if you want to share your story with us about anything that we talked about today you can always let us know if you follow us at at let's ronde underscore podcast again that's at let's ronde underscore podcast and we will see you all next time
1: thank you guys for listening. Adios. Bye.